From the Financial Times in London, I'm Matthew Vincent and this is FT News. You wait ages for a global car maker to invest millions into a taxi app and then two come along at once. This week, Volkswagen said it was putting $300 million into Israeli taxi startup Get on the very same day that Toyota announced an undisclosed investment into US ride-hailing app Uber. Under the VW deal, the German carmaker and Get will share data and work on future projects. VW will offer on-demand ride services to business customers, while Get drivers will be offered discounts on cars. Similarly, Toyota, whose fuel-efficient Prius hybrid is a popular choice amongst cabbies, has agreed to provide leasing arrangements for Uber drivers. But some commentators say these deals are more than that. They look like car makers placing bets on the very future of personal transport. So to explain this all, I'm very pleased to be joined by the FT's motor industry correspondent, Peter Campbell. Peter, on the face of it, the immediate question that comes to mind is why would companies that want all of us to own cars start putting money into taxi services? Well, it's a one-word answer, and that word is mobility. Now, that's not a word that probably means very much to you or me, but it's the way that carmakers believe the transport industry is going in the long run. They are worried that people in the future may not even buy cars. They may instead choose to use ride-hailing apps to get from A to B, where car ownership will fall, and instead the only people you can sell cars to will be companies such as Uber or Get or Lyft. That's the direction they think it's going in, and no one knows how long it's going to take, but they're all pretty certain in the direction of travel. These deals have several advantages for car companies. In the short term, they get to sell more vehicles to taxi owners. So as you said, there are a lot of Prius drivers who are Uber drivers, they will get to buy Toyotas as part of that deal. Similarly, Get is going to offer its drivers discounts on VW cars. And there was also another deal where General Motors took a huge stake in Lyft. There are similar deals going on there. So this is a way of car companies being able to sell cars to taxi owners. If this grand vision of mobility comes true and people no longer buy cars themselves, then by doing these deals, these car companies are placing themselves at the front of the queue to sell cars to taxi drivers. Now there's also a much longer term vision as part of these deals and that is for them to work together not only on developing driverless car technology, so the view is in the long term the car that comes to your front door to pick you up to take you from A to B may not even have a driver. It may just come and pick you up and drop you off and go off to its next thing, all perfectly self-driven and they want to work on that technology together. So we've seen this week Uber has unveiled its own driverless car program. Toyota will presumably in the long run be working with Uber on that project. Given that a lot of these new services are relatively young and people differ in their opinion of how the future of transport will pan out, I mean, this sounds like it's the car makers hedging their bets a little bit. It is in a way. I mean, the car makers are facing a time of quite a lot of disruption at the moment, actually, that there's a big shift to electrification. Potentially, there's a big shift to autonomous driving. Ride sharing is on the up and they're worried about what that means for car ownership in the future. I mean, VW says it wants to generate a substantial share of its future sales revenue from new business models focused entirely around mobility services. A lot of car makers are talking about this. Ford doesn't actually make cars. It's a mobility company. You know, when Peugeot had its strategic update earlier this year, mobility services was one of the core planks of its future growth. 
So they're all taking this very seriously, as we can see from these investments. Also, quite a lot of them are trailing ride-sharing applications or ways to pool car ownership. BMW are doing a program around that. So they are hedging their bets on the future in that respect. Nobody knows how this is going to play out and what the industry is going to look like in 20 years' time. So some of the things they're investing in today could turn out to be Betamaxes. But they're putting their fingers into lots of pies in an effort to get a slice of the future. Well, mobility solutions is all very well. I mean, my shoemaker could call itself a mobility solutions provider. But what, in addition to sales, do they stand to gain? I mean, is this a data gathering exercise as well? That's exactly it. Earlier this month, we had the Future of the Car Summit. And the topic that came up at almost every discussion was data and ownership of data and use of data. And this is actually probably at the heart of what all of these deals stands for. So right now, your car company doesn't have that much data on you. If I own a Toyota, they know where I live. They know my driving license number. They know what car I drive. They probably know where I get it serviced. They probably don't know that much more. Uber has a vast amount of data about me. It knows where I live. It knows the train station I commute to and from. It probably knows which bars I drink in at the weekends. It has far more data than Toyota does on me. Now, this is a way possibly for car makers to get more data. Data in the future is going to be key to the customer relationships. What car manufacturers are terrified of in the long run is being downgraded simply to hardware manufacturers. If you look at an example from the smartphone market, your primary relationship is probably not with LG or HTC. It's probably with the Android operating system. And that's exactly what car makers want to avoid is being downgraded to hardware manufacturers. They want to be able to control the customer relationship and to do that you need data. This is not a move without risk. We have seen a regulatory backlash against taxi-hailing ride-sharing apps already. So these investments could go wrong. They could. Uber has faced significantly more challenges than it expected when it tried to expand across Europe. It's had battles with regulators. There's even one city in the US where Uber and Lyft have been banned outright. So these are not strategies that are guaranteed to work in the future. These guys are backing horses who may not even be allowed to run in the race in 10 years' time. No one knows how this is going to pan out. And just finally, these are also not companies with the greatest of reputations. VW has a certain emission scandal hanging over it, Toyota accounting scandals, and Uber's been in more scrapes than in more cities than you know one can even remember. Yes, that's absolutely right. Car makers are very keen to develop new revenue streams, and a sceptic might say that that's partly because they want people to forget how they made their old revenue streams. So it's entirely possible that these two pairing up does not inspire the greatest confidence among a sceptical consumer body. Well, I'll think about that next time I uh, order up my Toyota Prius or my app. For now, Peter, thank you very much indeed. And uh, for more on taxi apps and the motor industry, do remember to look out for the latest stories at ft.com forward slash cars. If you enjoy listening to our FT podcasts, please help more people discover them by rating them or writing a review of them on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you download them. <laughs>